Hello again everyone and welcome to the Chris Cast. Coming up in part two will be my reviews of Woman in Gold, starring Ryan Reynolds and Helen Mirren, as well as the pilot episode of The Mandalorian. But first up, let's get into some news. First bit of news will be a little bit of a downer today. Air pollution nanoparticles linked to brain cancer for first time. This comes from TheGuardian.com. New research has linked air pollution, air pollution nanoparticles to brain cancer for the first time. The ultrafine particles are produced by fuel burning, particularly in diesel vehicles, and higher exposures significantly increase people's chances of getting the deadly cancer. Previous work has shown that the nanoparticles can get into the brain and that they can carry carcinogenic chemicals. Brain cancers are rare, and the scientists have calculated that an increase in, in pollution exposure roughly equivalent to moving from a quiet city street to a busy one leads to one extra case of brain cancer for every 100,000 people exposed. Quote, environmental risks like air pollution are not large in magnitude. Their importance comes because everyone in the population is exposed, end quote, said Scott Weikenthal at McGill University in Canada, who led the study. So when you multiply these small risks by lots of people, all of a sudden there can be lots of cases. In a large city, it could be a meaningful number, particularly given the fact that these tumors are often fatal. So, another reason we need to clean the air. Next up from BBC.com, Project Nightingale, Google probed over U.S. data or U.S. patient data deal. Google is to be investigated over how it is accessing U.S. patient data via a major health firm, the Wall Street Journal reports. An office of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services will examine the details of a deal dubbed Project Nightingale. Google said patient data was secure. Separately, in the U.K., the Financial Times reports that popular health websites are sharing sensitive data with firms including Google. The Project Nightingale deal with Ascension, a firm that runs 2,600 hospitals in the U.S., attracted criticism from some when the Wall Street Journal revealed that Google could access patient data without them being notified. Among those who expressed concern was Republican Senator Lisa Murkowski. Privacy protections, particularly when it comes to, a per comes to personal info like your health, is a high priority of mine, she said via Twitter. However, in a blog, Google argued that the deal adheres to industry-wide regulations and that access to patient data by its employees was controlled. The tech giant said patient data would not be combined with customer data from other parts of, of its business. It added that it was happy to cooperate with the federal inquiry. In its own blog, Ascension said it looked forward to developing artificial intelligence tools for medical purposes with Google Helps. The problem is it's a HIPAA violation to have any information medically related to be released. Google's opening up a huge can of worms, but you think about it, do you want anything in your medical history known to the vast majority of the public? I don't, and I don't even have anything to hide in my medical history, but it's my medical history that they have no reason to know. Not a good thing. But let's get on to happier news. First off this week, the announcement came that 
Titans was renewed for Season 3 on DC Universe. The new season does not have a set premiere date, but it will be in the fall of 2020. And if you've been watching it, you know the first season was okay, not great. The second season has blown away the first season, especially the introdu introduction of Superboy clone and Crypto. Because Crypto's such a good boy. He's such a good boy. But if you haven't watched Titans, I highly, highly suggest watching it. Like I said, first season, not the best. But this second season has been really, really on fire. Definitely check it out. Next up from people on MSN.com. Family reunited with dog who had been missing since August while waiting in line to adopt a cat. It says, over the weekend, a family in Jacksonville, Florida had a chance reunion with their family dog, who had gone missing over the summer. Documenting the heartwarming moment on Facebook, the Jacksonville Humane Society explained that the family spotted their lost dog while attending a free adoption event at a local PetSmart. Although they were there to adopt a kitten, while they were in line, the father, quote, spotted brown and, a brown and white dog being leashed to go for a walk. Filled with joy, he cried out, that's my dopey. Recognizing the sound of his owner's voice, the dog ran over to the family, leapt into their arms, and started covering them with kisses. Dopey, who had been missing since August, came to the shelter as a stray dog on October 1st. His family never lost hope, and they are thrilled that their sweet pup is back home, the rescue wrote, adding that stories like Dopey's, the many we tell and the many untold, are proof that generosity breeds joy in Jacksonville every day. From the strangers who helped Dopey when he was lost to the volunteers and staff who lovingly cared for him, from the donors who made his reunion possible to foundations like PetSmart Charities for sponsoring the event that brought this family back together, generosity and joy are all around us, they added. On Monday, the Humane Society also shared the story of another amazing reunion thanks to their monthly feline frenzy event where they spay and neuter community cats free of charge. Alongside a photo of the reunion, they explained that after sedating the cats, they checked to see if any of the felines have a microchip. Discovering that the cat in question did, the Humane Society called the owners who rushed over to get her. She had been missing for a few months, the shelter continued, before explaining why the cat, uh, why the cat stayed in her carrier for the photo. We would have snapped a picture of her, but she was still a little loopy from the anesthesia. So... Great heartwarming stories. If you have a pet, you understand the love that they give and the love that they bring and the joy that your heart is filled with having them around. I've had pets run off on me before. Luckily, they've come back and were in perfect health. Other times, it's not so lucky. But these are two wonderful stories of reuniting pets with their owners and you just can't top that feeling having your pet back after losing them is just amazing but speaking of amazing North Carolina actually has some great news this week this is from msn.com again two sister raised Two sisters raised thousands to buy 108 Thanksgiving meals and turkeys for families in need. From cherry pies to turkeys and mashed potatoes, two sisters are on a mission to make sure families in need have the Thanksgiving dinners they deserve. For the third year in a row, 
Alex Fisher, 9, and her sister Caroline, 6, are raising money to provide meals for North Carolina families that can't afford the traditional holiday feast. A small service project turns into a big tradition. We started this as a service project in 2017 for the family to do in the holidays, the girl's mom, Lisa Fisher, told CNN. When I initially suggested we donated one box of food, Alex said that wasn't enough and that we should do ten boxes. Fisher pointed out to her daughter how much a full Thanksgiving meal would cost. She explained that paying for ten meals would not be something the family could do without financial help. Determined to get the ten boxes of food, the girls decided to open up a lemonade and baked goods stand to raise funds. It didn't take long for family, friends, and even strangers to reach out to help, so the Fisher family set up a GoFundMe page. The first year we raised enough money for a hundred boxes of food, Fisher said. Since the first year went so well, they decided to make it a tradition. Last year, the girls raised enough money for 130 boxes of food and 50 turkeys. And as of this Friday, the girls have, have surpassed their expectations. They have raised $2,896 for their 2019 Thanksgiving mission, which would allow them to provide 108 boxes filled with Thanksgiving meal staples and 108 turkeys. The girls are always excited when they see their friends, teachers, and neighbors show up to their lemonade stand, but they are too young to understand how much attention they're actually getting, Fisher said. They just know this means a lot of people will be able to have Thanksgiving dinner, she added. The Fishers usually start gathering funds at the end of September. They go as a family to their local grocery and buy all the food needed. They, then they take the supplies to the Charlotte Rescue Missions headquarters, a nonprofit that provides services for people struggling with addiction, which holds an annual Thanksgiving food drive. We are hoping to recruit some help from the neighbors to pack the boxes this year, rent out a truck, and deliver the food by November 23rd, Fisher explained. The spirit of the holidays is all about showing gratitude for your good fortune, and the Fisher family is thankful they have the support to give to families in need. And I so very salute these two little girls. North Carolina comes into the, the news for so many bad things. It is great to see North Carolina actually make the news for something good like this. Bravo, girls. You have restored faith in humanity. Alex Fisher and Caroline Fisher, you are definitely wonderful little children. And I hope you don't change as you grow up. Do not let society ruin your thoughts. Next up from CBS News, Cat repeatedly breaks his friends out of animal shelter. A mischievous cat named Quilty has earned internet fame for repeatedly breaking himself out of his enclosure at a Texas animal shelter. But he doesn't just escape, he brings all of his feline friends along with him. The Friends for Life Animal Shelter of Houston posted about its little Houdini on Facebook late last month. Quilty will not be contained and he has no shame, the organization wrote. Quilty loves to let cats out of the senior room, repeatedly, several times a day. The shelter wrote that his prison breaks become so frequent, or became so frequent that staff had to do something about it, and Quilty proofed the cat room by banishing the feline in an attempt to temper the mass escapes. His roommates missed him while he was banished to the lobby. They enjoyed their nighttime escapades around the shelter. The staff, however, did not miss the morning cat wrangling, so we'll just have to agree to disagree there, the shelter added. The six-year-old cat has always been a prison break master, it seems, as the shelter said he would let his dog siblings in the house at his previous home. The post and attached photos went viral, garnering over 16,000 shares and more than 
and more than 11,000 comments. Quilty became so beloved that the shelter continued to update followers about the cat's antics and repeated escape attempts. Update. Quilty's review with the parole board was denied, so he, re he released himself of his own recognizance today, joked the shelter on Facebook on Halloween. He felt that confinement had nothing more to offer him. He has been returned to solitary. The shelter even began selling merchandise, including shirts branded with the hashtag, hashtag FreeQuilty, and started an Instagram account for him. However, unlike many escapees, Quilty's story appears to be heading toward a happy ending. The shelter updated the cat's online profile Tuesday, explaining that the pet is on a one-week trial period with a potential adopter who appeared to be wild about him. He hasn't shown any slickness at all yet. He is the most loving and affectionate cat I have ever met, his potential fur parent told the shelter. It seems the sly little cat may have escaped his way to a forever home after all. Again, a happy ending to another story of cat of a cat in an adoption agency. Speaking of cats that are up, we had a cat show up outside. It is the sweetest little cat. took a while to actually get it to where it would come up to us. And that cat, we've still not got a name for it. It is a black cat. He's a, just the sweetest little kitty he can be. He does continue to stay outside. We have not been able to get him shot yet. Um, we do have a dog door on the back door of a, a room on the back of our house where he can come in out of the cold and he sleeps in that room now. He can come and go as he pleases, but he has a nice warm shelter. And if you have pets outside, please remember, if you're cold, they're cold. Go spend some time outside if you think it's okay for them. See how it feels for you. You can even wear a fur coat while you do it. I don't suggest a fur coat. I suggest faux fur, but still. Try it. See how long you enjoy being outside. Bring your pets in when it's cold. Don't make them stay out. If it's too hot, let them come in. Imagine wearing a fur coat outside in 90 degree weather. So please take care of your pets. They mean the world to me and they should mean the world to you. Finally this week, one more fun story. Of course, the Trump impeachment hearing started today, as, which was Wednesday as I record this. From NBCNews.com, drag queens sashays into Trump impeachment hearings. Pissy Miles made an unexpected and quite noticeable appearance at Wednesday's impeachment hearings. Spotted towering over the gray and blue suits packed into the first day of President Trump's impeachment hearing was an enormous blonde wig, that of Pissy Miles, a drag performer from Asbury Park, New Jersey. It's a crazy day in Washington. I'm flipping my wig over the high-energy proceedings today, Miles told NBC News. Tensions are high and the bar for who's allowed in the Longworth house is very, very low. Miles, according to her bio is an award-winning drag performer, comedy producer, and winner of Philly Drag Wars and Miss Fish New York City, who performs regularly in the New York area. Miles is also a regular performer in Fire Island Pines, a largely gay male summer vacation destination, and has a podcast, My Gay Spooky Family. 
Someone did just ask me last night if there's anything in D.C. that surprises me anymore, remarked NBC News' Heidi Perzibula in a tweet Wednesday morning from Capitol Hill on Miles' grand entrance. David Alon, Miles' husband and business partner, told NBC News that Miles is there covering the hearings for a new startup app called HAPS. They scouted him out at his Barracuda show on Sunday, Elon added. I do know they were looking for a comedian who could improv on the spot and deliver the news in a fun way. C-SPAN broadcast images of Miles going through Capitol Hill security where a guard waved a metal detector wand around her bouffant. Miles is going to be going live Wednesday on Twitter from the hearings. We will be watching. And I've never listened to her before. But it sounds like a fun podcast to listen to, so check out My Gay Spooky Family, and look forward to seeing what she has to report for these impeachment hearings. That's it for the news for me this week. I will be right back with my reviews of Woman in Gold and The Mandalorian. Stay tuned, everybody. Welcome back. First, let's enter, let's do the review of Woman in Gold. IMDb gives it a 7.3 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 57%. And Metacritic gives it a 51. And I'm here to tell you, all of those are too low. This film is fantastic. It is the story of Maria Altman trying to gain back the painting, Woman in Gold, that was taken from her family by the Nazis. The, this, this is based on a true story. The time that she was trying to get the painting back started in 1997. The film flips between the present day setting of them trying to get the painting and goes back to showing when the Nazis come to Austria and Maria's trying to flee from Austria, it shows times with her aunt, who is the subject of the woman in gold, Aunt Adele Blockbauer. The, the cast is phenomenal. You've got Helen Mirren as Maria Altman, Ryan Reynolds in a dramatic Portrayal, not his typical comedy, showing his acting chops in this as Randy Schoenberg. Katie Holmes, who I'm not a fan of, but really does a good job as his wife Pam Schoenberg. Um, Daniel Brühl plays Hubertus Chernin, who help, is the reporter that helps them try to get the painting back. Uh, Tatiana Maslany is the young Maria Altman. Max Irons is Fritz Altman, the who Maria marries in the flashbacks. Um, Jonathan Price, who you may know from Evita, this is where I know him from. He plays Chief Justice Rehnquist. Francis Fisher, who has been in a lot of television, plays Barbara Schoenberg, Randy Schoenberg's mother and a very good friend of Maria Altman. She was also on a very good series called Strange Luck with D.B. Sweeney that unfortunately 
did not make it more than one season. But this film, it's such a great story that came from this tragedy. It's something we all need to remember that the Nazis came in and just basically stole everything from the people, the Jews especially, and just ran roughshod over everyone they could. We need to remember the horrors so we don't face them again. And this film really shows how greed comes into play. I cannot stress enough how good this movie is and how much you need to see it. Like I said, if you're a Ryan Reynolds fan and all you think he can do is comedy, watch this film and see that he does do a very good job as a dramatic actor. Helen Mirren, what can you say about Helen Mirren that hadn't already been said? She is just phenomenal. And she does the part justice. Watching some of the bonus features, they talked about how she really studied Maria Altman and really got into the character of Maria and it shows but like I said Helen Mirren is a true actress a phenomenal actress and this movie is no different than anything else she's been in she does a great job why Rotten Tomatoes only gives it a 57%, why Metacritic only gives it a 51, and why IMDb only gives it a 7.3 out of 10, I couldn't tell you. I would give this at least a grade of an 80, at the very least. I'm thinking it pushes more along 90. But you can check it out and let me know what you think. Um, according to this, you can watch it on Showtime with the subscription, TBS with a subscription, TNT with a subscription, and Amazon with a subscription. You can rent or buy it from iTunes, YouTube, Vudu, Microsoft, Google Play, and Fandango, or you can find the DVD or Blu-ray and watch it that way. It is a great movie. Definitely check it out. Now the Mandalorian. And first off, let's go with the the ratings that it's gotten. The Rotten Tomatoes has given it an audience score of 94% and an average tomato meter of 86%. IMDb gave it a 9.2 out of 10, with 9,257 ratings. I don't quite agree. And I know this is going to be against everything that the fans of The Mandalorian are going to say, but I think it's a good start. It is not a 92 grade it is not an 86%. I'd say the first episode, if you take everything into consideration, especially the script, the script is what brings it down. 
the production value is phenomenal. They have definitely spent money on this series. The, the effects, for the most part, are great. However, when they're writing those little creatures, the effects did not come through very well at all. Very noticeably missing is a John Williams score. When I watch Star Wars, there's a specific type of music I have in mind, and it's always a John Williams score. This does not have it. There's not a lot of action in this show until the end, and it's only 40 minutes long. But it is setting up the story. And it did that very well. Does it make me want to continue watching? Oh, definitely. The surprise at the end, and again, no spoilers here, but that surprise at the end of the episode meant everything for me watching it again. I really want to see where that storyline goes. Of course, the big story, Star Wars has toilets. I don't know why that has become such a big thing, but, it, I mean, for the story, it worked very well, but why is the internet having a field day with the fact that Star Wars has toilets now? I couldn't tell you. Uh, the cast, again, very good. You have Pedro Pascal, uh, Kyle Pacheck, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, Brendan Wayne, Tate Fletcher, Bernard Bullen, uh, Alexandra Mania, Louis Richard Gomez, Jamal Antar, Carl Weathers, Werner Herzog, Omid Abdahi, uh, Nick Nolte, Taika Waititi, several well-known established stars. Pedro Pascal, according to IMDb, known for Game of Thrones, Kingsman, The Golden Circle, The Great Wall, and The Equalizer 2. For me, the most significant role he's playing is coming up as Maxwell Lord in Wonder Woman 1984. Carl Weathers, of course, Action Jackson, known for The Predator, Happy Gilmore, Apollo Creed, and Rocky in Rocky IV. Uh, 78 credits to his name on here. It was nice seeing Carl Weathers again. I hadn't seen him in anything in a while. Not that he hasn't been in anything, just that I haven't seen him in anything in a while. So, yeah, the show, the, the production, phenomenal. The cinematography, great. It's very pretty show when you watch it. Like I said, they definitely put the money into making the show. I just wish they'd have built up the script a little bit more in this episode. It was kind of slow. Like I said, it's, it's the first episode setting up everything. So I'm hoping that it will continue to get better. It's a good foundation. Not great, but good. And they've got a lot to build on. And like I said, that final little surprise of the episode 
definitely makes it worthwhile. Of course, Disney Plus had a lot of problems when launching this week due to the demand. I think they're still trying to get the kinks worked out. I know when I first tuned in, it was about 2.30 in the morning instead of 9 a.m. when it was supposed to premiere on November 12th. And at that point, they had a continue watching option on there. Well, of course, the 9 a.m. launch came. They had a lot of failures, a lot of stuff. People couldn't download it. Just the demand was too much. So I'm hoping that they've taken it out for the time being so they can get all the kinks worked out. And they will have it back on very soon. We shall see. But overall, I've got to say I am impressed with Disney+. Plus. I have enjoyed watching the 1990s Spider-Man animated series again. The show that I was most waiting for. There is one issue with it. The very first episode listed is the episode titled Sins of the Father Chapter 10. Now how Chapter 10 could be the first episode, I don't know. Again, hopefully they will get that fixed and have everything back to normal the way it should be. But seeing the 1990s Spider-Man finally again. It's never been released on DVD in a complete set. But now Disney Plus has it and I'm loving it. Don't know what the Lady in the Tramp movie is going to be like. I will probably watch it even though it is a remake and I don't want to watch remakes. But it is dogs. And you gotta love the puppies. But that's it for me this week. Feel free to argue with me on Twitter at Chris underscore H71. And let me know what you think of The Mandalorian. You can also let me know what you think of Woman in Gold. Again, highly, highly suggest watching Woman in Gold. Mandalorian, I'd suggest watching it, but I'm not buying into the hype of it so far. So, again, the surprise at the end, when you see it, definitely worth the show. And I'm hoping that this is just the groundwork and it will improve drastically over the next couple episodes. But until next week, so long, everybody.